The following criticism and commentary is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. Copyrighted movie clips are protected under the Fair Use Doctrine. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect the views of Minor and Landis, the firm, or its employees. Hey, it's Mike, the podcast producer, for the Immigration Update podcast, and I'm joined once again by immigration attorney and partner Lynn Walker to discuss Immigration at the Movies, the podcast series that examines immigration scenes in popular movies and TV and lets you know how accurately they portray immigration law and procedures. Now, we recently explored several movies and found some really bad errors in the immigration information that is generally accepted in pop culture. You can see our previous episode on Lynn's YouTube channel, or you can listen to our previous audio podcast on your favorite app. It's season two, episode 30. But today we're focusing on one movie only, and we've got a doozy. It's called The Terminal. It's a 2004 film by director Steven Spielberg and starring Tom Hanks and Stanley Tucci, among others. And I think that Lynn almost had an aneurysm while watching this one. With... Uh... All of the great talent and the amount of money that they spent recreating the terminal and the set, did they even think to speak with an immigration attorney? I mean, a look at their IMDb page doesn't look like there was any legal counsel at all. Now, that's not for nothing. I really enjoyed this movie. I love the actors in it. But you can always find an immigration attorney. I'm not saying we're a dime a dozen, but it's so easy to find a knowledgeable attorney to speak to. And it seems like no one even thought ab about speaking to an attorney to make sure that what they were saying in this movie and how they were portraying immigrants and immigration was realistic. You may be wondering why I'm wearing a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. That will become apparent <laughs> in a minute, uh, but we are not bashing Disney today. So Disney lawyers... Please stand down. So full disclosure, I'm a huge Steven Spielberg fan and a big Tom Hanks fan as well. But this is not a great film for either of them. Now, don't get me wrong. It's full of those great Spielberg camera movements he's known for. And Hanks portrays a somewhat likable and naive character called Victor Navorsky from the fictional country of Krakosia. He gets stranded in an airport due to shifting political alliances during a war that breaks out while he's in the air coming to America. We'll get into how accurate his dilemma really is in a moment, because he kind of becomes a man without a country. And it seems, even to a layman as my, such as myself, as a bit preposterous. But my question to Lynn to start off with is, is there anything accurate in this movie? Um, out of this 90-minute film, I would say the introduction, there, there's only one section that I found to be accurate. Right, let me play that clip for us right now. What is the purpose of your visit, business or pleasure? What is the purpose of your visit, business or pleasure? Uh, just visiting, shopping. A pleasure. It's a pleasure. Uh, business. How long will you be staying in the United States? Could I see your return ticket, please? What's the purpose of your visit? Business or pleasure? One month. Okay, sir. Enjoy your stay. So what are we seeing in this clip that is accurate? This is the only accurate part. So when international travelers arrive to the United States through the airport, they have to go through screening by U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers. And they will want to see your passport, any visa that you have in your passport. And they will ask you, what is the purpose of your 
visit to the United States? How long are you staying? Do you have a return trip? So all of this is accurate and it's all part of the admissions process for foreign nationals coming into the United States. All right. Well, that's good to know that they got something right. But the, but the first inkling that something was off is a problematic scene that happens almost immediately, after, right after that part we just saw. And it tries to demonstrate the character of Stanley Tucci's Customs and Border Patrol director, whose name is Frank Dixon. He's an ambitious and somewhat arrogant man. Now, in this clip, he's in his high-tech control room overlooking the arrivals at JFK Airport in New York, acting kind of like a warden looking to stop a prison break that he senses is coming. It doesn't seem realistic to me. It's not realistic, Mike. And at this point, the film just went downhill. This scene really is a setup for how awful things are going to become. Let's play the clip. Stand by. He's fishing. See this bunch of Mickey Mouse sweatshirts down here? That's a tour from China connecting to Orlando. When was the last time you saw a group of Chinese tourists on their way to Disney World? Not a single one of them had a camera. Possible forged documents on 10 and 11. That scene was just a bunch of bull. <laughs> Introducing my poopy friend. Number one, he assumes that the tourists are all Chinese because the flight originated from Beijing. And let's keep in mind, it's a flight from Beijing to New York, and then they're going to connect to a flight to Orlando. So they're, they're not entering here. They're going to get a connecting flight. From Beijing to New York, it's like a 19-hour flight. Why would you wear cameras around your neck at the time period this is set, which is in the... Uh, you know, the early 2000s. Let me remind you, we had technology that looked like this. Cameras that fit in your pocket. And yes, I still have them. And yes, they still work. So the lack of a camera around one's neck while one is taking a 19-hour flight to New York should not raise any type of suspicion. In fact, if you were holding a heavy camera around your neck for 19 hours, I would wonder what was wrong with you. So they basically used an outdated Asian stereotype just to get a laugh at the beginning of the film. Exactly. I, I think there were ways of portraying that without having to resort to this racist profile of Asians. Well, that's why I'm wearing my Mickey Mouse sweatshirt in solidarity with those Poor actors that had to do that cliched <laughs> role for that, uh, those, those extras. Are you wearing your camera? If not, I'm going to charge <laughs> no. you with fraudulent documents because that's right. what I do. So you could see at the end of this clip, the running Asians are a very clever way for Steven Spielberg to bring us to Victor Navorsky, played by Tom Hanks, who is the hero of the movie, who is in the process of discovering that there's a problem with his passport or his visa, and he's taken to the main office of customs. And by the way, let me just stop this clip for a second. And if they were still chasing a, a bunch of anyone through the airport, the whole airport would be on lockdown. Everything would have stopped. If there was oh, some sort of altercation like that with a group of people being chased by the police or, or customs, do you think that life would just go on like this? No, it's completely unrealistic. There's no way Completely that unrealistic for them exactly. to that still be happening in the background. Let's continue. Exactly. Mr. Dvorsky, 
Sorry to keep you waiting. How are you? I'm Frank Dixon. I'm the director of uh, Customs and uh, Border Protection here at JFK, which means that I help people with their immigration problems. You can stop it. So wait, you want to stop the clip right there? The, fr <laughs> the first thing he says. The yes. first thing he says? Yes. And I'm going to introduce my friend again to call bull. <laughs> okay. Which means that I help people with their immigration problems. That is not what the mission of CBP is. And I will read to you what CBP's mission is. And keep in mind, it's CBP stands for U.S. Customs and Border Protection. And the agency's own mission statement says that it is responsible for America's border security at ports of entry, safeguarding our country and communities from terrorism, illegal activity, narcotics, and human trafficking. It is not to help wayward or stranded passengers. There is no way the director at the airport would come down to help someone whose visa and passport has been canceled because of political upheaval. That is simply not what would happen. So let's keep going with this interaction because there's a lot to unpack here. Anyway, it seems that while you were in the air, there was a military coup in your country. Now, most of the dead were members of the Presidential Guard. They were attacked in the middle of the night. It was a terrible firefight. Uh, they got it all on GHN, I, I think. Anyway, there were very few civilian casualties, so I'm sure your family's fine. Mr. Navorsky, your country was annexed from the inside. The Republic of Krakosia is under new leadership. Krakosia. Krakosia. <laughs> Krakosia. Right. Mm. I don't think he, he gets it. Okay. So all the flights in and out of your country have been suspended indefinitely. And the new government has sealed all the borders, which means that your passport and visa are no longer valid. So currently, you are a citizen of nowhere. Now, even if we could get you new papers, we couldn't process them until the United States recognizes your country's new diplomatic reclassification. Yeah. See, you don't qualify for asylum, refugee status, temporary protective status, humanitarian parole, or non-immigration work travel or diplomatic visas. You don't qualify for any of these things. You are, at this time, simply unacceptable. And I want to stop it right there. Why is he smiling? Why is he smirking? What is it about this character that finds this amusing? This is devastating to the to Mr. Navorsky. Why is this it funny is. to him? And and Dixon's also supposed to be a very serious person about his job. He wants to get promoted to the next level, chief or something. And he's acting like it's like it's a prank, like it's a joke. I don't get that at all. Everything that he says to Mr. Navorsky is absolutely incorrect. Okay, so let's rewind and review this clip again. Now, even if we could get you new papers, we couldn't process them until the United States recognizes your country's new diplomatic reclassification. Wrong. See, you don't qualify for asylum. No. Refugee status. No. Temporary protective status. Incorrect. Humanitarian parole. It's all wrong. Non-immigration work travel or diplomatic visas. You don't qualify for any of these things. Mm-mm. The United States does not recognize a lot of countries' leaderships, right? Especially ones we don't agree with. So the idea that we can't do anything for their nationals is a lie. So let's kind of go through some of those options that he mentioned. And I'm going to be reading to you um, exactly what it takes to be eligible for them. So the first thing he mentions is you're not eligible for humanitarian parole, which is absolutely wrong. Like, uh, I... Just no, no, N O. 
absolutely wrong. So anyone who's been watching the news recently about what's happening in the in Ukraine, a lot of the nationals from Ukraine or who are in the United States are in the U.S. because of humanitarian parole, because of war in their home country. Absolutely. So humanitarian parole allows an individual who may be ineligible or otherwise inadmissible to the United States to be admitted for a temporary period for urgent humanitarian reasons or for significant public benefit. And this is exactly what we did for Ukraine and Venezuela most recently. So Mr. Navorsky absolutely would be eligible for humanitarian parole. Mr. Navorsky also would absolutely be eligible for asylum if he meets certain criteria, which we'll discuss in a little while. He would be eligible for TPS or temporary protected status only if the Department of Homeland Security, which is the umbrella organization that oversees all of immigration functions in the U.S., if that agency designated Krakosia for TPS. And this happens when country conditions temporarily prevent foreign nationals from returning home safely. So how is one eligible for TPS? The Department of Homeland Security could say, we're going to designate Krakosia for TPS because of ongoing armed conflict, such as a civil war, an environmental disaster, if there's an earthquake or a hurricane or an epidemic or other extraordinary and temporary conditions. So pretty much everything that Director Dixon said during this clip is incorrect. It's all wrong from a legal standpoint. So from a storytelling standpoint, from a filmmaking standpoint, these are what's called the catalysts, the thing that makes the story happen. Like if it wasn't for these things, the rest of the story wouldn't happen. And mm -hmm. they're all false. And I can't, help, false. I can't help but wonder if there was a way to do this truthfully. Like if, if, the, if the screenwriters had tried a little harder and talked to an immigration lawyer to see what's true and what's not true, could they have created a scenario in which this guy would be trapped in the airport? This film is based on real events that occurred, not in the United States, but I think in France, correct? That's correct. Yes, this film is based on a true story. But as you all know, based on a true story often means very loosely based on a true story. And they often exaggerate, which highly exaggerated here. Here's the original story. But the film is based on a story of Maran Karimi Nasiri, an Iranian refugee who lived in the departure lounge of Paris's Charles de Gaulle Airport for two decades, from 1988 to 2006, due to the fact that he lost his paperwork while traveling. He eventually had to leave the terminal only because he had to be hospitalized. He was getting sick. And then there was a book written on it called The Terminal Man, upon which this movie is based. But it's a heartbreaking story. And I just wonder if this movie would have been better set if they were truer to the real life events. So maybe not make it in the United States, where clearly the people involved in making the film did not understand U.S. immigration law, but instead make it in France, where something like this may have been more plausible. 
Well, I, I know the conversation that went on in the executive offices about Americans aren't interested in stories about people in France or overseas or in Europe. So let's make it in America. And one thing led to another. And before they knew it, they were probably so far off track that you ended up with the terminal. So what's the, mm. what's the next thing that you saw that was clearly uh, not true? Well, we're going to keep running with this clip. I mean, the same scene. Um, the same scene. There's just so much wrong with what is going to happen next. Here's my dilemma, Mr. Morsby. You have no legal right to enter the United States, and I have no legal right to detain you. It seems that you have fallen through a small crack in the system. I am correct. Yes. So, until we get this sorted out, I have no choice but to allow you to enter the International Transit Lounge. All right? So I'm going to sign a release form that is going to make you a free man. Free. 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 Free to go anywhere you like within the confines of the International Transit Lounge. Okay? Okay. I'm sure that Uncle Sam will have this all sorted out by tomorrow. And welcome to the United States. Almost. <laughs> Thank you. So when Mr. Dixon says, you know, um, you have no legal right to enter the U.S. and I have no legal right to detain you. This is utter garbage. If he can't be while, admitted while, to while, the U.S. While eating an apple, by the way, in the, yes. in the middle of this <laughs> life destroying information that he's given to this guy, he's chewing on an apple. Yes. Go ahead. I mean, I'm sorry. I had, to, I had to point that out. <laughs> Bad manners, disrespectful, and the wrong legal advice. I don't get it. So you have no legal right to enter, and I have no legal right to detain you. That's garbage. That is just utter garbage. If a person can't legally be admitted to the U.S., CBP can use a process called expedited removal at the port of entry where the CBP officer acts as an immigration judge and can send the person home on the very next flight. For Mr. Navorsky, this is not a, uh, an option because there are no flights going to Krakosia. So in this situation and in others like it, if you can't be removed from the country through expedited removal and you can't be admitted, CBP will absolutely take you into custody and turn you over to immigration and customs enforcement. You will be held or detained at a jail or an immigration detention facility until you have an opportunity to speak to a judge. So what this character, um, Director Dixon, is saying is completely wrong. It's as if he never received any training for his job. Once again, the screenwriters either being completely ignorant or intentionally disregarding the truth. Exactly. To make their story work. Yes. What's our next clip? Where do we go from here? We're going to jump ahead to where Mr. Navorsky has been in the airport trying to survive. He's, in essence, been released into the international lounge, but told, don't you dare leave. And he's given money vouchers to eat at the food court, which he has lost. So he's trying to find a way to make money and survive. And he is becoming a thorn in the side of director Dixon. So uh, the uh, Dixon, who at this time 
is also up for a promotion and soon to have a review by his superior who is retiring. So there's an added pressure for him to make this problem go away. Yes. Director Dixon decides that although he's given nothing but wrong legal advice, he's going to continue in that vein and now give criminal advice. I'm about to tell you something, something that you can never repeat to anyone. Do you understand? It's a secret. Secret? Yes, Yes, a secret. At 12 o'clock today, the guards at those doors are going to leave their posts. And the replacements are going to be five minutes late. Late, late five minutes? Yes, late five minutes. At 12 o'clock, just today, just this once, no one is going to be watching those doors. And no one is going to be watching you. So America not closed? No. America, for five minutes, is open. Have a nice life, rest of the course. So clearly this is Dixon's attempt brush this thing under the rug to sort of make it go away. So it's no, there's no loose ends hanging when his big review comes to be promoted. How realistic is this? Uh, uh, I, I, I'm in a loss for words. You are speechless. (laughs) So is it really that it's that bad, huh? This is a man who has had, uh, I, I think at some point they say in the film, like a 20 year career with Customs and Border Protection. His great idea to fix this issue is to, uh, in essence, encourage someone who is inadmissible to the United States, as per his own determination, to flee the airport and to become an undocumented foreign national in the U.S. So this seems to be not only unethical, but it's criminal. It is against the law. Like, if you lack that type of judgment, how did you get into this directorship role? And you are unfit for service. Unfit. And snide in this case. I love Stanley Tucci. Don't get me wrong. But his choices, his acting choices for this character, I think, are just completely off base, unless it's he's being told by Spielberg to act snide and snarky about this. I don't get that at all. In every occupation, right, you can run across a, bad apples. But to make a film where the agency as a whole is being shown to be completely inept incompetent and ignorant of their role in the law, it's it's just a hard pill to swallow. So as our viewers may suspect, uh, Mr. Navorsky did not break the law and leave the airport. Because he's and Tom Hanks. He's always got to be the good guy. He's the good guy. Um, thankfully, he didn't listen to Director Dixon, but that means he is still a thorn in Director Dixon's side, and Director Dixon is intent on getting rid of this problem however he can. We have laws here that protect aliens who have a credible fear of returning to their own country. If we can establish this fear with you, then the CBP will be forced to begin expedited removal procedures, bring you to an immigration judge, and let you plead your case for asylum. Asylum. Mm-hmm. Asylum. Unfortunately, the courts are so backed up with asylum cases 
that the soonest you get before a judge would probably be six months from now. Yes, and we would have no choice but to let you go for those six months. It's the law. You'd be released. Right. You would be free to wait in New York until your court date. But believe it or not, most people, they never show up before the judge. So I go New York City? Uh-huh. You can go to New York City tonight. But you only get to go if we can establish a credible fear. Fear? So I'm going to ask you one question, Victor, and it's a simple question. And if you give me the correct answer, I can get you out of this airport tonight. Do you, at this time, have any fear of returning to your own country? Uh, no. Okay. Let me try it again. Your country's at war, Victor. Yes, yes. A okay. lot. There are men in the streets with guns. Political persecution. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. And God only knows what could happen. Right? So you're afraid. From what? Krakosia. You're afraid. Of Krakosia. Krakosia? Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm not afraid from Krakosia. I'm talking about bombs. I'm talking about human dignity. I'm talking about human rights. Victor, please don't be afraid to tell me that you're afraid of Krakosia. It's home. I'm not afraid from my home. So? I go to New York City now? No. Okay. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm afraid from ghosts. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. From Draculia. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Victor. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you, Victor. Sharks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Okay. I'm afraid from ghosts and Draculia. Draculia. I do love Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Come on. There are so many issues with this. First, if you remember from our earlier clip, Dixon went through a laundry list of things and he said that Mr. Navorsky was not eligible for asylum. So what changed in a, a week that he's been at the airport, that he's now suddenly eligible for asylum? What he is setting Mr. Navorsky up for is terrible on so many levels. It literally sounds like someone opened up an immigration textbook and look at some of the consequences for being inadmissible and just threw together kind of uh, a hot pot, if you will, of consequences and processes. So we're going to throw in some, you know, sprinkle in some expedited removal and sprinkle in some asylum and maybe sprinkle. Just to make it sound legitimate, let's use some of the terminology. Yeah. Yes. And it's all wrong. So we touched on expedited removal a little while ago. But expedited removal is the process at admission at that window at the port of entry where CBP officers will quickly deport foreign nationals who are undocumented, like Mr. Navorsky is at this point because his passport and visa have been canceled, right. who have committed fraud or misrepresentation or who are otherwise inadmissible to the United States. It, it's a huge problem because expedited removal is a deportation, but one that is not done by a judge. It's done by CBP officers who have this unchecked authority to determine whether someone 
can be admitted to the US. With expedited removal, a person rarely gets to see the inside of a courtroom because they're not entitled to a regular immigration court hearing before a judge. So in essence, the CBP officer is the immigration judge and deports a person. So if they were to expeditiously remove Mr. Navorsky, the only place they could send him is back home. And that would have been done already. And we know they can't do that. There are no flights to Krakosia. Under our laws, Mr. Navorsky would be entitled to make an affirmative asylum claim the moment he entered the U.S. This would result in him being detained by CBP or ICE and then having an opportunity to be released on bond only after having a hearing with an immigration judge. So uh, Stanley Tucci is correct. His character is correct in that the immigration process is very long. People can be held in detention for months, even years before they get their detention bond. So telling Mr. Navorsky to lie would result in him, yes, he'd be admitted in New York, but he'd be in a prison cell until he got a hearing before a judge, right? And asylum only works if a person is unable or unwilling to return to their home country because they cannot be protected in that country due to past persecution or a well-founded fear of being persecuted in the future on account of their race, religion, nationality, membership in a particular social group or political opinion. At no time did Mr. Navorsky claim to have a well-founded fear of persecution. In fact, you see him at various points in the film watching what's happening in his home country and being heartbroken. He wants to return immediately. So to have the director encourage him to lie or to submit a false or fraudulent application is simply not believable. And ultimately, if Mr. Navorsky were to get a hearing before an immigration judge, he would not only be deported because his asylum claim had no basis, but he would also be barred from returning because they would make a finding that he willfully submitted a fraudulent application. I found this scene to be really upsetting and really, really terrible. And I found that it did a horrible disservice to the portrayal of CBP and CBP officers. So thanks for joining us for this episode of the Immigration Update podcast, Immigration at the Movies, Truth or Myth. And I hope we busted a bunch of myths about the terminal. Um, what could have been a great movie turns out to not be that great movie. And there were so many great people involved. We hope this was enjoyable and informative for you. And we plan to be doing a lot more of these. So I don't know what they, what the kids say, smash the subscribe button or follow us or whatever you <laughs> got to do so you can get updates about our future podcasts. Thanks, Mike. And thank you to our viewers and listeners for joining us today on Immigration at the Movies. If you are an attorney and you would like to join us in dissecting a uh, movie, please DM me or Mike and let us know what movie you'd like to join us in discussing. Or if you have a recommendation for a movie, please send it to either Mike or me. We would love to review your movie and potentially destroy it for you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>